Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Bryan, I'm co-founder and performance director here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. I am absolutely delighted to be uh, joined by one of the, I'm going to call him godfather of indoor training, <laughs> Eric Min. How are you doing? Great, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Eric, uh, for those of you that don't aren't familiar with Eric, uh, you should be because he is the man who co-founded uh, and is CEO of Zwift, the uh, immersive indoor training platform. Uh, I, I, Eric, uh, fantastic to have you on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how Zwift was born, what it actually is for those that might not know, uh, might not know Zwift and uh, what's its aim? Well, I think it might be good just to give a little bit of background. Um, so I'm I'm a cyclist. I've been a cyclist uh, since I was a 13-year-old, uh, uh, and I did dabble in racing as a as a junior. So cycling has been a big part of my life, actually. And as I, you know, became professional and um, uh, cycling, I had less and less time to do that. Um, but you know, my my connection to cycling goes back quite a bit. So uh, in in terms of um, you know how we started Zwift, really, I, I had a career in finance and building technology for trading, financial trading, um, energy trading. And it was really after my last startup, wanting to do something different. And I looked at lots of different entrepreneurial ideas and, you know, kind, kind of came back to what I really love doing, which is, uh, which is cycling, except I was in London, disconnected from that social fabric and community that I had built over the years in New York. And really the idea came from, well, shit, I, I, I miss that, that community. You know, could we, could we, you know, build that virtually? I mean, Strava had done some aspect of that, but what if we could create these real-time experiences in, in a virtual setting? And really that was really the idea. And we, from there, it was like, okay, what, what technology do we need to make that happen? It wasn't like, let's create a video game. Really about how do we bring people together? How do I reconnect with friends I have I've lost touch with? And could, could we get 80% uh, there with, with technology? Um, and so the idea was born, well, okay, let's, let's pick a video game platform because I think that is, gives us the, the most flexible um, environment where we can create this immersive experience, um, we didn't go down the video path because many had done that before. It's, um, it's not as immersive. It's certainly not social. And so we decided to go down the harder path of using video game, MMO, which already existed for, you know, take games like League of Legends, been around for, for many, many years. So we thought, what if we created this kind of, it, it, you know, experience, environment, like second life, except it's all about fitness. And let's start with cycling. In fact, we thought about doing running first, but because I had, you know, so much more knowledge about cycling and I had, you know, the connections to the industry that, okay, well, you know, this is an experience that I, I, I understand and I would know what good would look like. So we started there and I found my old partner who had nothing to do with fitness or sports. He was just my, my technology business partner. And then I, came across John Mayfield, who had started a project of his own with similar kind of aspirations of, except it wasn't a, a multiplayer experience. It was a single player experience. His problem was he was trying to, uh, you know, train for endurance events, triathlons, and um, he would work too hard as a game developer. Mm -hmm. 
and didn't have time when he got home. It certainly didn't have the daylight. So he looked at various tools out there to keep him entertained while he was training indoors. And he decided, well, you know, there's nothing good out there. Let me just build one for myself. And um, it was really through Google search that I came across his project, contacted him. I, uh, another friend of mine, Scott Barger, uh, he, um, he and I went out to visit John and, and we found a, a piece of, you know, a product in early beginnings of what I thought could be become Swift. Except it was single player. We needed to make it multiplayer. This is where my other partner, uh, the business partner from my last venture, came in because he could he had the technical um, um, know-how and and craft to to help us build that. So that, but the whole reason behind this is like, why don't we make something that, you know, we're all so passionate about, which is cycling. We we're always. Um, um, we can never get enough. Most of, most of us don't have the time. Right? We're always short training. We always feel like we can train more. Um, and we're just battling with the things that get in the way of our passion, which is work or family or the weather or, you know, or unfriendly roads. And let's create this um, experience indoors, which historically have been, the, you know, one of the most awful things. I mean, indoor cycling has been around for over a hundred years. I mean, I, I did some Google searching. Literally, they, there was an indoor, like a indoor stationary bike from the late 1800s. Except what was missing is is the 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 interactive engagement and, yeah. and the content that goes with it. And you know, companies like Peloton has demonstrated that there is um, there is a content component that's extremely important to that whole experience. We just decided to go a very different experience, one that I think. Um, is more attuned to to video games, and in this world of video games, we can create all sorts of things. It could be something as you know social as as just having a, a fun ride, or you know having a little game. To let's create a whole new sport and create yeah. an athletic esport, and let's mm -hmm. try to get into the Olympics. I mean, it's just you know crazy things that we can do in this in this fictitious world. Um, yeah. So. That's uh, really, it is really like, can we create something that has historically been, you know, painful? We all know that indoor cycling is super effective. Yeah. We all know that. So can we make it fun and can we make it something that, uh, that could be uh, relevant to the elite end of the sport, to professionals, to, the, to, to Olympians, all the way down to can we get kids? Can we, you know, motivate them to be more active? Because that's, that's the other problem. At the other yeah. end of the spectrum, we have children who are just not active like I was when I was a kid. And yeah. so um, that is our, our mission, really, is to get more people to be more active more often. That is literally our mission. And I know if we can serve that mission, we will make lots of people. We'll bring joy and happiness to lots of people. We know that people will um, uh, be more um, healthy. Um, we we know that this could be an incredible business and, and one that could last for, for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, from a coaching point of view, I can tell you that um, the the winter or the, the year between where Zwift was, was around, but not really popular. And then when Zwift became really popular, uh, the difference in my clients' engagement and compliance in terms of their training, especially British winter, was incredible. It's like it really does to absolute game changer. You've, you, you've gone from the people that really hated indoor training and you really made that uh, 
much more appealing to them. Um, so big pat on the back from uh, from probably all the coaches who are listening to this, thinking thank you <laughs> for, <laughs> for for making it easier easier for us to do our jobs. But uh, yeah, no, what an incredible uh, mission statement, though. Um, and I have absolutely no doubt. And um, like we talked about earlier, we'll get uh, we'll do some other podcasts with some uh, influential people who have uh, who really like only use Swift um, and uh, have 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 no intention of riding outdoors, but actually uh, are inspired by that uh, that statement that you just said so um i really i I love that right now at the moment you you kind of touched on uh what can you do with zwift like how big can it get what can you what what can you do can you get it in the olympics can you get professionals can you do this one of the really big things that you've got going on right now is zwift academy um i I mean i love it i think it's fantastic i think the uh buy-in from the professional teams and uh, and the whole uh, the whole process of it is incredible. But for those of our, our listeners who might not have really known about it, can you give us a little bit about what Swift Academy actually is and, and again, the aim of that? Sure. So Swift Academy was, was inspired by GT Academy. I don't know if you've ever heard of GT Academy, Gran Turismo Academy, yeah, um, which started you know eight or nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. It was a marketing tool bringing Gran Turismo, the video the racing video game, um, and Nissan. Uh, and together they wanted to use the, the, the gaming platform to identify uh, some talented individuals who had some basic skills and then bring, put them into a car, give them training, and then hopefully make, um, convert them into a professional. Uh, and they've been doing this successfully over the years. They've been finding real talent. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. There are a million people who take part in this competition every year. And, you know, several people go on to become professional drivers and and go on to win races. And I thought, wow, if that's working for driving, I think in many ways, if we had a similar academy, we would probably find talent um, because we're just collecting way more data. We'll find people who are who are, um, you know, who have the the right um, um, athletic abilities, the engine, um, their FTP. So let's create an academy. Let's use this tool to inspire people to, um, to join us in this journey of, let's say, eight weeks of training. It's not about winning the professional contract, although you know, one or two may go on to, to do that. Um, you know, this is just an unconventional way of finding talent on, on one end of the spectrum, right? finding some, that needle in a haystack, through this massive global campaign of, of just making it easy for people to, to sign up and, and, and do some workouts and for us to collect data and identify talent through a you know, pretty rigorous process. So on the one end, it's about that. And that gives us credibility. It gives us a story. But really, the, 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 the real purpose of Zift Academy is to um, you know, engage with the tens of thousands of people who just want to be part of that journey. You know, how exciting is it to be part of this journey, do the same exact training program as those who go on to become the, you know, uh, professional cyclists. Some of them will eventually go on to do the Tour de France. I mean, and there's that connection between, you know, the average uh, person and those that compete at the highest level. So that that's this is the fourth year running. It's getting bigger and bigger. And. I, I just think this is just, you know, one of many programs that we think can, can inspire others to to um, to just, you know, lead healthier lives and train with people, even if it's 
virtually and 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 motivate so it's it's you know we are part entertainment we're part fitness we're part sport um we're we're just we're wearing many different hats it's all centered around fitness your pure excellence, Eric. That's what you are. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's it's incredibly, really inspiring. Uh, honestly, I think that a lot of the the listeners are going to be uh, uh, signing up if they haven't already done so. I think. Uh, well, having said that, I think we might be at the the, the tail end of uh, Swift Academy by the time this is released. But uh, can I uh, can I share with you one thing? Yeah. Um, Tanya Aris, she won Swift Academy two years ago. She um, she got through her first year. She she had um, really promising signs of of success. The team signed her again for the second year. The German Federation has picked her up for the track program. She the, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, she was part of the winning um, team pursuit squad. They won the they, they're national champions now. So she's on this pathway to Tokyo Olympics, which is incredible, right? Fantastic. Like, you asked her two years ago, what are you going to do? She had just graduated from, I think she was graduating from medical school at the same time she was going through Swift Academy. Wow. <laughs> so had she not won that contract, she'd be working as a, as a doctor in a hospital. Uh, but instead, two years in, she's a professional uh, cyclist riding for Canyon Tram women's team. And she's probably got a legitimate shot at the Tokyo Olympics. She would never have dreamt that. Anyway, this is another yeah. example, just an example of how, you know, we're just creating opportunities in a very unconventional way. X Factor for cycling. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's actually, it's, you got me thinking there. You're very much sort of almost at the grassroots. Now, uh, as, as my history as a coach is that I, I did the British Cycling um, coaching qualifications and, uh, and, and they very much start you off at the bottom coaching uh, children and then young adults talking about skills, really grassroots stuff. And, and British Cycle have been doing this for, I guess, the best part of a decade now. And that's probably a bit longer thinking about it and actually that's where our, our almost where our dominance has come from they haven't really focused as much on the athletes as they has of the coaches and built this incredible coaching network and you've almost almost managed to create the exact same thing in terms of except for it's global because you you, you managed to give everybody a platform to be able to uh compete and like you say that needle in the haystack it's like that one person out there that might not if it wasn't for Zwift or indoor training or something like this might not have ever made it pro and I think that that's fantastic so uh big pat on the back there for you yeah. guys um I would love to talk about Watopia. Uh, you've had some incredible uh, updates this year, this last year. Uh, obviously, the biggest has been World Choice, uh, being able to, to pick between there. But you've, I mean, uh, one of the best things for me, and I guess we are talking probably close to a year ago now, Alp de Zwift was, uh, uh, was released. And, uh, uh, but tell us, tell us a little bit about that. What's what's the maybe the latest map release have you got any uh any any little nuggets or secrets inside uh information on what could be next so we have five maps uh watopia is is the map that we want will continue to expand and i do believe it will have thousands of miles of of tracks over time our technology would allow will allow us to expand that map endlessly as long as you have the disk space for it mm. the storage space for it 
we'll be able to have a very, very big map. And then we'll have these smaller guest maps. But we are looking at um, creating another really, really interesting map. It could be eventually the second largest map. Um, the only thing that I can say is that we're going east. We're headed east. Headed east. Okay. <laughs> uh, anybody that wants to have a guess, uh, they obviously send us in an email. <laughs> Fantastic. No, it's. Uh, I got to say, it's. It is really actually exciting. I mean, when you when you think about. Uh, I mean, I, I, as you know, I live in I live in California, and uh, we're not short of amazing, beautiful rides here. And uh, as part of my job, I do get to travel the world uh, uh, and, and ride my bike, and I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. But I tell you, what, it is very exciting to to hear that we. We could be getting some uh, really, really big uh, new maps in it and updates to Watopia. So that's absolutely excellent. Um, I would love to talk about um, where you feel Zwift positions itself. Now, is it a an aid to improving people's road riding? Is it a substitute for if you can't ride outside? Maybe that is not just talking about weather here, but there's people that live in areas of the world where the road network might be so bad or dangerous that they can't do that. Or do you actually think, and I, maybe this is, there's a little element of all three, do you think that actually the future of cycling is indoors? So the first thing is we are not a simulator. I think you know, and there's a reason why uh, when you look at Zwift, the, the game itself, we didn't pick the photorealistic graphics. Because when you do that, you set expectations of what the quality should be. We could have done that. And, um, but when you create a game that looks too lifelike, then people expect it to be lifelike. So we kept it more gamey because we want it to be this fantasy world. We don't want you to forget that you're, you're in this, this, this um, fictitious place. It doesn't, doesn't mean it can't be as immersive. Um, so we're not trying to simulate. I would say we're trying to emulate. And we're trying to um, uh, be more creative. We have the liberty of, of creating not only Central Park, where I rode just yesterday, beautiful tarmac, I, I, I noticed, but we can create these roads that don't exist in Central Park, above, above Central Park. Um, so we're, So it's an important point. We're not trying to simulate. And I don't think um, training on Zwift is going to teach you how to handle your bike outdoors. And that's not the purpose. However, it is, it is absolutely an effective tool to build fitness. Um, there's no doubt about it that people are faster coming out of the winter. Every year, people are just getting <laughs> faster and faster, right? <laughs> and because um, it works, it's very effective. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I think for us, the, the, the bigger opportunity is, and I said earlier, you know, we thought about running first, but you know, our, we think the ideal experiences for Zwift at the moment Cycling, running, rowing. Those are the three obvious experiences that we think could coexist in this virtual space. And we want, you know, our, our strategy is to, to be connected to um, athletes and sports at the highest end because it gives us a certain amount of, certain degree of credibility as a platform. But really the, the big prize for us and everyone else in, in a fitness space is to go after the broader market. So uh, there are people, uh, anecdotally, you know, I've heard people going out and buying a bike and a trainer and riding it indoors. They have no intentions of going outdoors right now. 
Like this is they bought all that just to go on Zwift and and ride with their friends or or you know or gain some fitness. Um, having said that, and this is not a popular statement, but I think the the world and and there's you know reasonable um, trend to support this. Like I just think outdoor cycling is going to struggle over time, and and it has if you look at the data. Kids are not riding bikes anymore, so the 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 cycling community is aging, and they're not going to spend more time outdoors. I think they probably spend more times indoors. So I think there's this general trend of doing more stuff in the home, where it's convenient, where it's safe, where it's perhaps even more social. And when you do go outside, and this is like me, I go outside when I can ride in in, in incredible places, whether it's you know Aspen in Colorado two weeks ago or or in Tahoe in California. Um, and so I, I see this shift and behavioral change where you're probably going to train indoors in, during the week because you have busy lives and and we all have busy lives and, and this is when you can fit in that hour of training. And on the weekends, you go outdoors because you have more time, it's more social, you have your friends, your club rides, et cetera, or you go on holiday for a week or two and you go to these exotic places. So I see the the shift happening. It's you know we've been in this business only for five years and we can see this happening already. I mean I've, for example, some of the manufacturers have told us that they've never sold like so many summer shorts in the winter time before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they suspect this has to do with Zwift. I could imagine that's true. Yeah. I mean it's a it's a it's a very interesting point you raise and it's obviously we we could have a whole other podcast around the the issues in terms of why it's becoming harder and harder to ride outside and uh you only need to look on Facebook or even like follow something like road.cc and see all of the that the driver uh, cycling uh, cross hate that goes on as a, as probably the primary reason why more and more people will uh, end up indoors, um, which is a shame. It is a shame, but uh, also also I think that actually you, you, you've got some really good points there. I think that yeah, cycling outside isn't isn't going to die. It's not going anywhere. I just think that there's a more uh, a, a, a more convenient and uh, a solution to your should take let's say call it day to day training and cycling needs, and then uh, you're always got that sort of a event or that holiday like you mentioned where where people will will go and uh, enjoy it because uh, yeah, you you mentioned two places there that I've got uh, a lot of love for. I used to live in Northern California, and Lake Tahoe is an incredibly amazing place, as is uh, as is Colorado. So, um, absolutely. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Really, that that's a, a great answer. And uh, one of the things that um, coaches, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of coaches, and, and and from a personal point of view, we get this quite a bit: is that people come to us and they say, um, "I had really good lots. I had lots of good fun doing a, a Zwift training plan." but they're ready for something more personalized. And so you, you, you kind of, first of all, thank you because you've created a platform for that introduces people who were, were sort of getting into structured trading to, to sort of becoming like a client for us. But, but is there plans for a more personalized training experience within Zwift? Um, absolutely, opportunities there. I mean, today, um, you know, coaches have that flexibility, right? So many coaches are creating, uh, you know, a personalized training plan for their athletes. Uh, they may be using training peaks, for example, um, and then they push the workouts down to to Zwift for for their athletes. So that's already happening. Um, now, could we 
you know, mine the data and come up with personalized, um, you know, plans based on performance and based on all the inputs from both indoor and outdoor riding. Um, I think that's, I think that is definitely the future. The future is we should in theory have a lot of data to really have this customized, you know, workout for, um, for the athletes. It'll never replace a coach, but I think if you're looking, if you're an average consumer who wants a, you know, quote unquote, personalized coaching, I think, you know, it's just a matter of time. We'll be able to offer that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, that, that'd be very interesting to sort of see, uh, see how that would work and, uh, and everything like that. I think that it's, uh, you, you've got a very good, uh, a platform and like you say, you've got the, potentially all, all the data that you need or all it, all it needs is, uh, is sort of that personalized touch for the end user. And I think that you'd have, uh, have almost, uh, uh, I'm probably talking myself out of a job. I realize that the question, <laughs> the question is actually. Well, I, so let me just uh, say this. I think, you know, I think some people need that human touch. You know, they, they need that human interaction. They need that motivation coming from a human being that you just can't replace with bots or yeah. some sort of, you know, tool. Um, so I, but I think if you, you know, for for the mass for the mass market, I think that's probably a, a, a good solution. You know, we can probably get there. We'll never be able to replace a, a human being, but um, I think we could do better than what we have today, for sure. Okay. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about uh, map updates. Now, ha, are, have you got any other updates uh, in terms of uh, the game itself or the, the, the experience itself that you might be able to let us know? Yeah, so I thought about what I could share with you, and I think the one thing that I um, that I am able to to share with you early is um, we are going to uh, introduce concept of clubs. We have hundreds of clubs that are hosted outside of Swift. Facebook groups, just being one example, Strava groups being another example, but to be able to have this club functionality within Zwift, where you can have your own custom calendar of events, private events, if you want, of uh, you know, private training plans. So you as a coach could have a club and your athletes could be invited to your club. And then they would have access to content that has been personalized for your club. Your club could have its own identity. So we're just creating this, this, you know, this, this uh, capability. Like what we do today, we curate things. We want to make the tools that we've created for ourselves for the community in a highly, you know, um, uh, uh, low-touch, um, self-serving manner for the whole, you know, customer base. Um, that is a big, big enhancement for for Swift as a platform. I think we're in many ways holding back our own growth by not making these tools available for our customers absolutely that's actually really interesting to hear i'm uh, and i'm uh, i'm quite excited to uh, to hear that because there's obviously there a lot of um elements that i i could be involved in there and uh, especially from a coaching point of view having having your own having your own club and stuff so i'm sure there are a lot of listeners that are actually is uh, picking up on 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 that that's really really interesting i mean how big how big can you get i mean where do you what's 
Zwift is, you, you've got to be the market leader, haven't you? you, you I mean, there's obviously that you've got, you mentioned Peloton earlier. There's a, there's a few others um, that are around there. Uh, what's that like? What's the, what's the actual industry like in terms of the competition? Well, I think, I think Peloton is doing a phenomenal job in the spin yeah. market. And I think we're probably its peer going after a slightly different, yeah. sec, you know, a cohort of the market, right? Um, so I think if you if you're a spinner, I think I think Peloton is probably the right sort of experience for you. If you're not a spinner, then we'd like to think we're the the experience. Yeah. Um, and how big can we get? Well, you know, how big is this world, right? And how many people? You know, so we have customers, just to give you the scope, right? We have customers who are four years old. We have customers in their 90s. That's a pretty wide yeah. spectrum because indoor cycling is like one of the most effective, one of the safest, low impact activity you could possibly do. Yeah. Uh, you can do that till you die, you know, yeah, basically. So, <laughs> um, so it's a, and if we, if we, kind of get beyond the try and the cycling market or the you know high-end you know running market um you know the, the the mass the general fitness market is is huge but also you know crowded as well yeah. um but i think um you know we we feel pretty um optimistic about the, the 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 trends whether it's about doing things in the home whether it's about gamification or video games for that matter um I think I think um, you know I, I, we're I'm pretty comfortable with the positioning that we've created, and I think this business will just go on for for decades to come. I just don't see this trend changing. I think we've got a pretty nice tailwind going into the future. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and uh, I think your investors probably agree too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, judging by the numbers that were quoted, I think they do, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Eric, is there anything else uh, that you would uh, like to sort of add at this point? Um, I, I would say that, um, you know, what we've done so far is created a platform. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely more than a fitness app. I think we're a brand that can, can really stretch. Like, I can see ourselves... You know, years down the road as being a a sort of imagine Nike, Red Bull, and you know Fortnite, like all mixed. You know, like that experiential type of company that doesn't exist today. I think we're this really interesting, unique company that can go in so many different directions, but all, and all centered around you know um, uh, fitness. Uh, and so our job is to make sure that. You know, to to make it super easy for people to to access Swift. You know, just democratize it. Just make it super accessible, affordable. You know, you've seen the price of hardware just coming down, and that's just because we're working with our partners, and there's just a natural competitive environment among them. The price is smart. You can get a great smart trainer now for for you know. I, an entry level smart trainer for three four hundred dollars. You can get a pretty good mid range one for seven hundred dollars. Of course, the more expensive one at twelve hundred. So the prices are coming down, um, and I think you're going to see more and more players coming in, which is great for us. I mean, we see ourselves more as the Android slash um, Microsoft, where mm-hmm. we have partners making hardware alongside us. 
Yeah. And if you look at Peloton, they're more the Apple model, right? Just the you know closed ecosystem, yeah. firmly integrated. So we've chosen our path to to be sort of open and work with lots of different partners because distribution for us on a global scale is what's going to help us grow. It's not going to be having like a closed ecosystem. That is just not going to help us grow fast enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what would you what do you say to the people who have I mean, we're kind of switching topic again here a little bit, but it just popped into my head that there's a there's a few grumblings, and let's just call it grumblings about their uh, the ability to fudge the the your weight on, on Zwift. Um, is there an address to that? I know that I think I believe I'm right in saying that now at your top level it is actually at a center where weight uh, weight doping isn't isn't possible anymore because you 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 weigh everybody, but. But for the for the people who are, and I, I guess you're probably always going to get somebody that questions this. Yeah, no matter what you do, you're probably always going to have somebody that is just like not happy with their result and claims everybody else is doping. But um, what's your response? By the way, that that happens in the real world too. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Meaning, you know, when someone doesn't win, they're like, "Well, other people must be must be doping." Exactly. That's human um, nature. That's human nature, yeah. Uh, so what we have is um, we we have we've kind of outsourced uh, Zada. Um, so there is a group that will interrogate the data that um, that someone has produced during an event. Uh, so we'll I think um, interrogate the data of the top three, the podium finishers, and then two random people in top ten. And they will look at all the data coming, at, you know, that we've captured as uh, on Zwift, but we'll also try to corroborate the data that's that you know historical data and data on other platforms like like Strava and Zwift Power. So um, it is really hard to to cheat. It is ha- getting harder and harder. Now mm. that is not a super scalable solution. And, but certainly for the high-profile events, virtual events, now, I'm not talking about in real life venues, that's not a problem. But for the virtual events, we're definitely interrogating the data of, of the top finishers. And we have disqualified people. And yeah. they haven't fought back because we can point to exactly why something doesn't add up. And, you know, we've, it, it, it's either the, the hardware was, was not calibrated um, and I think over time, even the question of weight is going to get sorted um, because I think over time, the hardware will measure your weight in real time. And it's really hard to fudge your weight when you're pedaling. <laughs> so we're, we're saying that the future, the future is that there's going to be inbuilt weights into trainers. Think, is that that's think, incredible? I, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I think, I, think, I think there's going to be enough innovation over time, it won't happen overnight. I mean, this is this is sport is just a you know couple years old, right? Um, so it will take some time. But by the certainly by the time we get to the Olympics, um, and you know, we will have lots of tools to to protect the integrity of of this sport. For sure. Fantastic. That's really cool. Actually, uh, I really like it. I have one last question that I'm sure you've probably been asked a hundred times. Uh, where did the name Zwift come from? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it was an exercise. Um, we had to find a name that is only five letters, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know where we could own the URL. Um, yeah. And um, we decided after going through lots of different names to find something that was synthetic, 
and it was just kind of unique. And, you know, we took Swift with an S. So let's make that fun. We'll add a Z to that. And then lo and behold, someone actually owned Zwift.com for 10 years. <laughs> we had to buy that URL from some <laughs> Dutch guy who'd been sitting on that. And so he had a big payday when we, when we bought it from him. But it awesome. is incredibly hard to come up with an interesting name that you could own, right? Yeah. Outright own. And, you know, you don't you need to think through the the ramifications of, of owning a name because it feeds into the marketing, the, the social handles, the SEO, right? And and so we landed on something with the help of outside consultants to um, and came up with something that uh, we were pretty happy about. Um, we weren't crazy about it, but it was so unique. We thought we need to take that one over the others that we, we considered. Yeah, I think you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head of how I felt about it when I first heard it. it I wasn't crazy about it, but it was really good and unique. And actually, as as, it, as time has gone on and you've got uh, more and more, but larger and larger, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's perfect. I think you've really done well with it. So yeah, incredible name for an incredible game. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Anyway, Eric, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, as everybody listening to this, um, make sure that... Uh, if you haven't already checked out Zwift, go head on to Zwift.com and uh, and have a look. It's uh, it's incredible. I would advise everybody to uh, to at least uh, try it once. And uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, one last thing before yeah. I go, um, I do want to emphasize that Zwift is free for for kids 16 and under. We, oh, really? We, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah, and we have thousands of kids on Zwift for free. Many of them probably because their parents are already on Swift. Yeah. But we believe that, you know, uh, let's do everything possible to get kids to be active. And if it's putting them in front of a video game on a stationary bike, so be it. Like, let's get them moving. And, um, you know, when Zwift becomes a sport, hopefully it'll motivate and inspire many other kids to take up the sport. And, and, yeah, so this is again tie, goes back to our mission of let, let let's get people to be to be active and make sure that it's integrated into their daily lives. Absolutely, that's fantastic. And uh, I got to say that whenever I see and I'm on the Zwift Riders group uh, on Facebook, if I, if I ever see like a picture of someone's uh, son or daughter and they're obviously very young pedaling away on Zwift, it really does warm my heart. I'm like, that's fantastic, and I really really do love that the fact that. Uh, uh, that we we can encourage that and uh, so thank you very much Eric it's been an absolute Great. pleasure having you on Bespoke uh, thanks to our listeners make sure that you leave us a, a comment review don't forget to subscribe and uh, like I say check out Zwift uh, my name is Pav Bryan and you've been listening to Bespoke <laughs>